Right? Yeah. Or do you want to do cuts? Uh, we can leave it roll. Yeah. Cool. All right, we ready? All right, let's do it. Let me just flip out the monitor. Yeah, we look good. Yeah, you can move it. You can move even more away from me. Yeah, cool. Wicked. Should we do a clap? Let's do it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Philip and Friends, a podcast. This is a podcast where I, Philip Kosleski, talk to the friends of my life, and we talk a little bit about the friends of their life, and basically the people who got them to where they are today. It's a fun little podcast. It's very loose, very relaxed. Um, we are today uh, recording in Lucas's house. Lucas, our lovely producer, hello. Hello, hello, everyone. Back We're again. Back again in the house. Uh, anybody who is a longtime listener of the podcast will know we were here uh, during my homeless period. That was a great period. That was a great period. That was one of your eras. That was one of my eras. You know, people have eras, like they have hot girl eras. Yeah. That was your homeless era. I had homeless guy era. That was fun. That was fun. I mean, yeah, Lucas was a great help. Uh, we had a great exchange. I locked his <laughs> toilet. He gave me a cum towel. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had a... Pretty had, standard exchange of fluids, pretty, I think. <laughs> pretty. I never thought about it like that. An um, eye for an eye. An a eye poop for, for a cum. <laughs> It was, Why uh, are we starting out like this? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. No, this is the first. No, 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 no. You can start out like this, all you like. Um, how are you doing, Lucas? Yeah, no, I've been good. Yeah, I've been good. Good day. Mm -hmm. uh, I did my penultimate shift at Vauxhall last night. Ooh, yeah. how does that feel? So Vauxhall Comedy Club is where Lucas works. Yes, and I have been for two years now. I know you're leaving, and that's how I met you. That's how you met me. I mean, I'm sure we would have crossed paths. Of course. And in other ways. Because you're obviously, as we, as, we heard, the scene. as we heard last time, you're developing as an act, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's, that's the end of my era. That's the end of my Vauxhall era. How does it feel? It feels good. I think, I think it's about time, really. I yeah. mean, I've been there for, like I said, two years, and I think I've gotten everything out of it that I'm going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a job at this point, really. Yeah. Did you, get cash money. did you enjoy it while it lasted? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So much fun. Which is uh, why it's kind of a shame. Why are you leaving? Just because I'm getting gigs on uh, on Fridays and Saturdays now, Ooh. getting more paid stuff. So it's worth it's worth it, I guess. Mm. I think I've gotten everything out of it that I'm going to. Yeah. Do you have any other work lined up? Nope. Nice. But you know, you got to you got to put yourself out of your comfort zone <laughs> to develop. That's what I've always thought. Yeah. You can't stay in one place. And also, this podcast is picking up real real traction. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be some real money coming in for got you. A new studio. Got a new studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 we do well um that's good i'm glad to hear that um yeah it's nice to be in your house again i'll say i'll say mm. anything changed it's pretty much the same since you've you uh you've put the tv in the other position yeah we moved the tv over there this um, is where we sit and watch tv this is weird this is usually where i watch tv but now i'm work working yeah working with uh with a with a what do you call it with you, a colleague your voice is breaking. I know. It I, always does that. I don't know why. I've got to spit out my gum, but I don't have a place to do it. So I, just, <laughs> I was going to put it in a check, but I feel like that's... <laughs> I basically have this a gig I got paid in by check once. Oh, that's old school. Yeah, it was really impractical because my phone, like, you know, on the like banking apps, you can, like, scan yeah, a check. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't go didn't through. Didn't work. No, so... Then I, cast you did? It eventually worked, so that was good. No, that's good. Um, but uh, yeah, my my week's been been pretty chill. Yeah, I, I, I had a I had a tweet pop off. I saw. I don't know if you see me post. Oh, I saw endlessly on my social media. But Every single place. I, I was wondering how you find all of them because people send them to me. Ah, okay. So people. So basically, I had a tweet. Do you have like a little cr a little crew that you've. Uh, yeah. employed like scouring the internet looking um, for they're them. called fans Lucas. <laughs> so basically if anybody hasn't seen I had a tweet this that I did this week so I posted an, a joke in my work group chat like work teams chat and then it got like 18 laughing emojis which I know you don't live in the corporate world but this is pretty impressive no that's good yeah so that's more than most of the gigs I go to <laughs> you, get eight, you don't even get 18 laughing emojis yeah. that shows you before. so I, t I put it as a tweet you can see I'll probably put it on the screen so I just wrote a, just delivered an absolute fire joke in the work teams chat I consider this to be the corporate version of a standing ovation we're currently sitting at 476,000 likes on Ooh. Twitter and uh, 26,000 retweets. 26K 20, retweets. 28K, really, if you think about the How quote. many views? Because Twitter has views now. Ooh. Um, Doesn't it? It does. Where, um, it, it, yeah, I'll give you analytics. You want them? Yeah. Impressions, 19 million. 
Engagement, 744K. 19 million. That's the population of the UK, is it not? Or is it 22 million? <laughs> Dude, the UK is 60 million. Is it? Oh, no yeah. way. I thought it was way less. But um, anyway. Uh, what country is 20 million? Well, I France? don't know. We'll Google it. No, France, dude, is like way. France is like eighty million. What more than the UK? Yeah, France is huge, what? dude. I don't know France. any French people. <laughs> that can't be right. I base all of it off of how many people I know. France population is sixty-eight million. Oh, okay. okay, so I was a bit off. I was twelve million off. I was a whole twelve million other people. country that has twelve million. We don't people. need those twelve million French people. No, no we don't. We don't, we don't miss them. But yeah, I had it, and um, I thought I'd share on the podcast what the joke actually was. Did I tell you? This? Yeah, yeah. No, you've told me the joke. Yeah. Um, but um, you haven't announced it publicly because I was looking at the comments of one and everyone was like, what's the joke though? What's the joke? I know. Everyone's... Everyone wants to know the joke. Um, so I'll tell you. I'll just tell Kate, give us like five, uh, three minutes just so that. So the joke was, I work at a university, right? And we're doing this thing called clearing, which is where students can basically, if they after they get the results, if they don't make their first or second choice university in the UK, they can call up a university, not a great one, usually, <laughs> and say, these are my grades, can I get in? And then yeah. you answer the phone and you go, yeah, no. And so we need to test our our, our like our, our phone lines, if they can handle all those calls coming in at once. And everyone was getting really annoyed in the team chat because, excuse me, basically no one was listening to the instructions. Um, no one was listening to the instructions and it was just getting really like frustrating. And then they were like, do we stay on hold? And everyone was like, yeah, you have to stay on hold. Otherwise we're not <laughs> testing the phone lines. And so then right at the end towards it, I just wrote in the, in the group chat, I just said, has anyone gotten an offer yet? I'm getting so anxious. And it freaking poppity pop, it dude. Killed. It killed in that group chat. And my, I actually said this to my boss beforehand as a joke. And he said, if you put that in the group chat, I'll buy you lunch. And now given how well the tweet's done, he said, I'm not buying you lunch, dude. You've gotten like 700 you followers off Twitter the, money. Yeah, I got the Twitter money now. So, but what's funny was is that there were people at work who saw the joke and then saw the tweet on yeah. like their social media. And so there was one of them who like texted me and said, oh, I feel like I have like a, like a, a like a minor claim to fame because I was there when the tweet happened. And they were one of the 18. Yeah, they were one of the 18. There's going to be a documentary <laughs> coming out called one of the 18. <laughs> I was one of the 18 laughing emojis. It actually jumped up to 20 oh, after, okay. the, after the tweet, after I tweeted it because I, I, I checked it then. And then weirdly enough, went down to 19. Oh, so I don't know which fucking bitch in the office changed their mind. Someone changed their Someone mind. Someone decided it wasn't appropriate. No, what was even more annoying is there were two people who commented afterwards trying to do similar jokes. I'll, I'll find those ones. You always get copycats. Like literally someone messaged me and said, Ooh, someone's challenging you. And you know how many they got? They got like six emojis or three emojis. That's nothing. That's nothing. So yeah, one of them, one of them got a, uh, one of them tweeted and said, just found out I got a place on a guitar sculpting degree course. Ugh. And then someone else posted a degree for ba underwater basket weaving. And they got like three and six likes. And they made the they No, made no, no. They found, they found a Google oh, video, underwater okay. basket weaving. And then as soon as they posted that, everyone left the group chat. <laughs> so I left my legacy pretty strong today, at the, that day at work. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's the inside scoop. And that's been Philip behind the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Join us now for VH1's behind the tweet. Um, so yeah, that's that. Kate's probably outside chilling. Should we get her on? Yeah, let's get her. All right, let me. Yeah, okay. Is that will that be close? Enough? I'm really loud. That's fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking that up. I always have to when I'm doing mine turn uh, up my guest's podcast, my guest mic, because they always sound so quiet compared to me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. You know. With Such good, a. I'm just putting this on. Why yeah. not? A, do you do it here instead of the Vauxhall? With this, just because today it's uh, they. You shouldn't want to like have mic just like loose and then you can just pick it up. Because I feel yeah, like, or I can do that. I feel like that's good. It has to be connected to the camera though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. only because I feel like if you just shift, then the, the camera's gonna fall down. Oh, okay. No, I'll be. I'll keep an eye on it. Keep but yeah, sure. Right, cool. Do you want to speak into the mic? Yes. Hello there. This is my first time uh, doing a podcast with a stage mic like this. So. Yeah. That's yeah, do talk. you feel like one of those like douchebag guys feel, leaning I, back on a couch being yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. anyway, so women, they won't fuck me, so they're not worth my time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all whores, you gotta cheat on them and call them cunts, tell them what that's up. The thing is with comedy is it's like philosophy. You know? Yeah, you can't say anything nowadays, it's fucking bullshit. Man, when, I, when I see a comedy special and it starts with the phrase, you can't say anything nowadays, 
I stop watching it. <laughs> I like I, I cannot. I just cannot. Were we recording by the way? Yeah, yeah, we got both. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Oh, okay. We were having, <laughs> we were having a genuine conversation. There yeah. Oh my god, no, no, no. Don't catch me off guard. I just saw Lucas turn your mic down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. You got excited and Lucas just went, We won't be having any of that. <laughs> um yeah, no, when I see a comedy special and it starts that way. There's a, it just makes me go, oh God. And also what's really annoying is when you watch a comedy special like that and they have like like ten million views. Yeah. And then, and then they say you can't say anything nowadays. I'm like, well ten million people think Oh yeah, that well that can. all that all that stuff is bullshit. I like the guys who are all tough online and who like say all this shit online. Yeah. And then as soon as you see them in person, they're absolute pussies and just backtracking and apologizing for things. And you're like, I would honestly rather somebody just be like you're a bitch to my face than somebody who's going to be like, be like women this and that and that. And when they see me, they go, you know, that's all just for show, right? You know, like I actually really rate you and really love you. And yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I, I would rather you just call me a cunt and just be like, <laughs> you are who you are through and through. But I have a zero respect for somebody yeah. who acts one way and then flips in and acts another way. You, you believe in a true misogynist. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> yes, but it's like those people who are like openly racist. Yeah. You're like, at least you know where you stand with them. Yeah, if yeah, you're, yeah. you know, if they're racist against you or if they're like homophobic or whatever, then you go, but it's the people who are on the down low who are like, no, but then they stab you in the back. You can't. Yeah, no, I don't trust them. I think, no. I think when you, uh, when you have that like facade, yeah. if it's overly any direction, if you're overly like misogynistic or racist, that's bad. But then if you're over... Is it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty brave for me to say that. I know. That's a hot take. Yeah. And I don't know if you have the freedom to say that, but that... Well, you can't say that anymore. You that can't racism say that. is bad. Um, but yeah. then I think people who are too much in the other direction of like, you know, too, like, too inclusive, too supportive. Well, that's too like, cool. yeah. And then it's like a bit virtue signally yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. they're a little bit, they're trying too hard to be yeah. like, it's like bros that are like, I'm a feminist. And yeah. they're like wearing like feminism shirts and shit. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. Also, if you are feminist, you don't need to say it. Well, yeah, but th that, yeah, literally. Like, you don't need to go around and be like, I'm not a racist. Yeah. I'm not a pedophile. Because you're like, <laughs> most people who aren't don't need I to be screaming this, about how I think this pedophile much. only fucks white kids. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite kind. Uh, but yeah. Um, uh, well, Do you well, think most pedophiles are white? Oh, I feel like it's a white person thing. Yeah, it feels white. I feel like, I feel like it's a, when you got free time. <laughs> disposable income <laughs> it is all rooted in well, the well it is it is some of the ideas like if you if you reach this insane level of wealth you always want to get what you can't have and what's the ultimate thing you can't have a submarine at the bottom of the sea <laughs> exactly with children <laughs> with in a it. child i actually he's the only one i actually genuinely feel bad for the kid is the kid because it's like he just got obviously pressured by his dad i know this is not what the podcast is about <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's the only one i actually feel bad for because you could just tell he's like a fucking kid and i'm yeah. sure there'd be pressure from the dad but all those other billionaires like fuck him bye yeah it's funny isn't it like how little people give a shit well, it's because there's no ethical way to be a billionaire. Yeah. So they've earned their money on the backs of other people suffering. So yeah. then you can expect when a handful of these people who have made other people undoubtedly suffer, yeah. that people are going to be like, oh, what was me? When there's literally migrant ships sinking and people fucking dying. Yeah. Like it's, it just, you know, sometimes the universe she right. <laughs> she, yeah. she slay. She slay. Girl slay. Yes. Universe. Uh, well, wonderful. Well, I think because um, <laughs> I, I just want to get a little bit of format, and then we can go right back. Yeah, to the yeah, conversation. yeah. Uh, I'm joined uh, here today. Oh with... yeah, we didn't even do the intro. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck. But that's okay. This is it's very loose. Um, we're joined today with a comedian. <laughs> you, the fact that you asked that like it was a question and looked at me, even though we've gigged together a million times, shows what a misogynistic asshole you actually are. Comedian. Question mark? <laughs> You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> it was all on purpose. Though. I know, I know. Hey, dude, I, I say it on the podcast, but deep, down, but deep down, I'm I know, you love me. <laughs> yes. You have a hard on for me. It's okay. I, I, a hard on or a heart on? Both. Oh, okay. I don't think I have a hard on. I think I have a heart Ouch. on. Ouch. Well, no, because I just think I don't see I don't get you hard. <laughs> That's rude. Um, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> I don't know how to navigate this question. But no, I, 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 I like you a lot. I think you're great. Um, <laughs> I love his awkwardness. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this because I was so ready. I know you love me. I love you too. Oh, thank you, babe. Um, uh, so yeah, we're What was that? What, you call me babe? Like I'm just someone. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, there was one time where I was, uh, I was in a green room with uh, another comedian who was uh, non-binary and 
then someone someone I've made some sort of illusion about the fact that I like I'm I I, I might be gay something as like mm. a, a light joke nothing that's serious right and then she was like oh you think it's funny to be I mean gay? they were like yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> absolutely right, right. they were like uh, they were like oh you think it's you think it's being gay is funny then do you and I said no I didn't mean it like that and she was looking at me and, I, and then I, she like cracked a smile and like oh she, they were fucking with yeah, me the whole yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh man you really got I was like I was just saw my whole career just flash before I my know. eyes literally anytime I say anything off or like not even off if I say anything my boyfriend's just like it's you're racist it's because I'm brown and I'm like I hate you stop doing that to me stop trapping me um, but yeah so we were joined today what, yeah. with uh, comedian Kate Barron yes do you have any other hats you wear or just comedian like podcaster, writer, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, but we're all we all do everything because we all have to. It's a grift. It's a it's a grind, baby. All about that grind. All about the hustle. Mm-hmm. All about that flow. Um, but yeah, the words seem to flow naturally from you. You're very straight. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm very straight. I've never had anyone describe Philip as straight. I yeah. um only ironically. Yeah, that it's is- like those little fake streets of like a Christmas village. <laughs> that you'd be on. That's where you'd be I'm, from. The I'm, I'm from the street in. You're, in, in, in you're from like Candy Co- Candy Cane Lane or something. I'm like that. from the streets in Whoville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is where you'd be from. The Cindy Lou Who Alley. Yeah. Uh, oh man, have you seen, the Grinch is so fucking good. It's a great movie. I love. I just love the line as well. Where he's uh, he's uh, he's sitting there and he's going through his diary and he goes, "Lunch with myself. I can't cancel again." <laughs> and then he eats like he's eating trash and he goes, "Am I eating because I'm bored?" It's just so many fucking great little lines. But anyway, it's a good movie. Um, uh, yeah, what were we saying? So this is uh, this is you. You're joining us in the. In this the is ho- me. You're joining us in the truth lair, as I like to call it. Oh, is that uh, what this the truth? The truth den, where we get to the real bottom of the issues here. Hard hit. Um, yeah, hard hitting. So, yeah, welcome, welcome, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my god. Thank I you. like it how you're like sitting like this, but you like side eyeing me. Yeah. Well, because with I, your with your mic. Yeah, and my shorts on. And, and your shorts. That that you're showing a lot of thigh right now. I don't know how to not show thigh. Lucas, were you there the other night when I was at Vauxhall judging Gong and I kept yelling at all the yeah, yeah, guys for funny. wearing shorts? That was very yeah. funny. I've been wearing shorts on stage recently. No. <laughs> I don't care if you have a swamp ass. Do not wear shorts on stage or sandals. No one wants to see your fucking thighs and toes on stage. <laughs> It's I just, agree. it's not okay. Can I ask? You know who was, a comic was telling me, he once went on stage shorts and a vest and like sandals at a glee club and oh. he looked back at the tape and thought, what a fucking mug. Just what an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, man, you no one like wants to see on your holiday. hairy armpits and thighs and stuff. What, were you about to defend yourself? Uh, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't. I was just going to say that I think, um, I got pretty hairless legs. Uh, it's not about that. It's just about, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I find it comfortable. I find that I relate to the audience more. I feel more. You think ex- so? Yeah, because that's I, who you want to be on stage. Relatable, Phil. I, <laughs> I want to be somewhat relatable. I find that the most relatable quality I have to the audience is my like patheticness. I don't times. think you're pathetic. We've talked about this before. Well, I think, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. You're too charming. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, you oh. are too charming to be pathetic. Oh, that's good. But you need to lean into that. No, do you think so? I, do, I honestly do. You have too much charisma to be to be like pathetic. Okay. I don't know how to lean into my charisma, though. You gotta... We've talked about this. You have to embrace, like... Because you make that joke about being the congressman's son. Senator... Yeah, yeah. Senator oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm just a stupid woman. What would I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you need to lean into that where I think you're, like, afraid of it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not afraid of it as much as I don't feel that that is who I am. Right. But, like... I, f- I, I feel... You, it's sort of like John Mulaney. Um, he... Do you know what I mean? Where he yeah, has yeah, a... Yeah, he looks Lucas, like, do you know what I mean? Where he has, like, that, like... He's like he looks like an like a like he works on Madison Avenue in the fifties, right? But he doesn't like his new special. He's talking about like being a cokehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rehab, so that's what I think I'm trying to do as well. But he's in the suit and like that's what I like, and I, that's the vibe you give me. Well, that's what I try to do. I try to dress like somewhat smartly. Um, yeah. And then, but then like say stuff which kind of undermines that persona. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's kind of what I go for. So like I talk about like recently I've started talking about like having a teddy bear and sleeping with a teddy bear and stuff. Do you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you do not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's your teddy bear's name? <laughs> Philip Bear. It, your teddy bear's named after you. Yeah, you yeah, sleep yeah. with yourself every night. You sleep with yourself. No, I don't sleep with myself. I sleep with a little teddy bear. Um, How long? Hey, is this been like a childhood teddy bear? Obviously, this isn't was... one you got when you were like 25. No, 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 no. I had him since I was four. Yeah. And he's just like, have girlfriends commented on it? Yeah. In like a positive totally way? Totally cool with it. 
Mm. I think it shows a little bit more of that sensitive side. And do you? But when you're sleeping, is is your teddy bear? I don't always cuddle every night. Right? Is is it like off to the side, or it's is off it to like the side in the bed with you? So, <laughs> in the wintertime when it's cold, I put him, I put him under the How blanket. How big is he? He's like this big, so like oh, okay. maybe like like uh, like just under a foot. But a teddy bear this big really warms you up in the winter. No, big, it doesn't warm man? me up in the winter, but I, I cuddle him and it makes me feel better. Okay. Um, about myself and cold, lonely nights. Does yeah. it make you feel better about yourself? Yeah, but when I feel sad, I cuddle him. I have another one, a little dog as well. And Did so you put when, that on your dating apps? Um, no, but so this is a, this is a story I'm trying to do on stage, but also I think you might find mine interesting. Is so first of all, like I have the little teddy bear and I have this little dog as well. He's <laughs> actually a bit bigger. Just called the dog. There's no name for him. Uh, Wait, is the dog real or stuffed? Stuffed. Well, like it's not a real dog that was stuffed. It's like a toy animal. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I know. I didn't, oh, that would be even fucking weird. Sleep with a taxidermy dog. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Jesus. So, but like when I've had like the two the two girlfriends I've had, they um they get the dog and they cuddle the dog at night, mm. and I get Philip Bear. And yeah. only if they're having a really bad day do they get to cuddle Philip Bear. Okay. So it's like a treat, like. And I've and I've had girlfriends be very respectful of it, where they go, where they like start to cuddle Philip Bear, and then they go, no, no, I'll take the they take the dog, and they give me back Philip Bear. Wow, this sounds like a really interesting topic for your therapist. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's it's more just like I think it's seen as like sweet. I don't think it's. Uh, no, I think it's sweet. I think it's sweet. Yeah, I have but, a childhood doll that I. But um, but recently I well, like I went on a some dates with somebody and you know I took them you know we got one back to mine took them Ooh, back to mine. yeah no not bad player and, player and they um, they uh, they saw the teddy bear yeah and they went ugh and it broke my heart like it really I mean then they're just not your person I know I know your I know. person will think it's endearing and it's cute I think it I think it is sweet you I'm think, giving you shit but I think it's sweet yeah and I was like I was and then they like they like put it to the put them to the side and I and I well we ended up sleeping together but the whole, I couldn't when you have I, sex I, with somebody do you like turn them around yeah so yeah, 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 yeah he yeah, doesn't yeah, see yeah he doesn't see exactly <laughs> do you have a little I would think if I walked into a guy's house and he had a teddy bear sitting there I'd be like there's cameras in the eyes for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 this yeah. is a nanny cam and he's fucking filming me he's a great no 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 do you, do you Throw him off the bed, or do you place him gently? I place him gently. You wouldn't off the bed. throw she, Sir Philip has Teddy. Ever, has anyone ever thrown him off the I bed? I think she threw him of off the bed. No, not in the heat of passion. More, she threw him off like a ugh kind of thing. Broke my heart. But you still fucked her. And I'll, that's what I thought about. It the, sounds like from it, she maybe fucked you. <laughs> it was on my mind during it. For oh my sure. god! It, so you were coming and picturing your teddy bear? No, I was more like, I can't believe I've sold my values like this. That would actually be a really funny sketch that you should do. Yeah, yeah. Of like the teddy bear just down and like some sad music as the teddy bear is like flung to the ground, but like daddy needs well, to get his. Yeah, that's that's kind of the bit I'm working on is about okay. my teddy bear sitting there and listening to it and just going, "Fuck this guy! He can't believe he fucking ratted me out like this." Are your teddy bears like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the, that's the, that's the teddy bear. All right. Um, is that the whole podcast is centered around the teddy bear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Philip and friends. We only talk about my problems. In my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so let's, uh, let's get into it. Shall we? I like your top by the way. Thank you very much. It's new. I um, like it. It looks yeah. new. It looks crisp. It's crisp. Yeah. I yeah. had a little stain on it, which I cleared up this morning, um, which was good. I'm going to take a drink of water and then we're going to get right into it. So this is Philip and friends, you know? I love how awkward you are. Yeah. I, You're my I pers- favorite awkward person. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I I try. I'm glad. You know, I find when people enjoy my vibe, it makes it a lot easier to get get by. I think yeah. there's a lot of people who find it uh, not always that. You're like, you remind me of Katie Green, who I love. Yeah. Katie's like one of my best friends and I love her to bits. And she's somebody who like... You just to look at her, you'd be like, oh, she's just like she's a fucking babe. She's like this beautiful Latina girl, long hair, California, like super funny. But she's like the most awkward, nerdy person ever. And that's why I love her so much because she's such a loser. And that's the same with you. But like, I love you so much because of it. I think it's very endearing. Thank you. So the uh, the podcast is about friends. Yep. Uh, I consider you to be a bit of a friend. Yeah, we're friends. We're friends. We hang. We you chat. gave me your number today for this. I'm like, I already had your number saved in. It's in there with a unicorn next to your name. Oh, I, I must think have, you put it. I in. put the unicorn there for sure. That's <laughs> yeah. cute. Yeah, that's it's cute. cute. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your life. Yeah. And the friends of your life that got you to where you are today. Yeah. If you're into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're just let's get a little bit of basis. Where were you born? Where were you raised? What's a little bit? Born and raised in Vancouver. Vancouver. So I lived there just outside of Vancouver and then lived in Vancouver. So most of my childhood friends and stuff are back there. Although like my closest, closest friends who have been friends with forever, who I've been friends with the longest. So since I was like 11, mm-hmm. um, they live actually, we're sort of spread out all over the world. There's yeah. 
Toronto, Halifax, which is Eastern, um, yeah. Eastern Canada, uh, New York and Dubai are probably where my closest friends are. So we're very, very spread out. Cool. This whole little crew of ours. And then, yeah, lots of my girlfriends and stuff and my sister and back everything and brother back in Vancouver. So nice. Yeah. So I always like to start. Let's just see what we're looking at. Yeah, we got good, good for time. Uh, what, uh, where does it begin? Who is your first friend? Well, so I grew up in a place called New West, which is the suburb of Vancouver. That's where New I West. New Westminster. Okay. Um, so everywhere, I don't know if you're familiar with Canada. Basically, no. Canada, everyone who went there is like from the UK. Yeah. Like, that's how I'm over here. My grandfather was from Manchester. Do you have a British passport then? I'm getting one. So oh, next nice. year I'll be able to do indefinitely for Maine and then duel. So everyone who's. You have who's, to duel. Uh, I have to duel for it. Yeah, it's very old school. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be fun. I think I have to go against like Prince Harry or something. Nice. Although I think I'll win. He's a pussy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he shot 16 people, didn't he? Wait, what? Well, isn't he killed? Didn't he have his like his... his he did, killed a few people. He said he killed a few people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. I think it's one of those like, you know when rich people go hunting in the woods, they like pre-kill the birds and then they're like, look what you did. It was so good. You're so big and strong. <laughs> Probably just killed a few people. I'm like, Harry, good job, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'm big man. I bet that's what it was. But grew up in New Westminster. So in, in Canada, everything's like we have an Edmonton, Halifax, New Westminster, Surrey, all of our stuff is just named after we have Guilford. Like everything is just named after places here. I actually didn't know that the places were named after here until I was like, hey, all these places named after Canada. But I'm like, oh, wait, we've only been around for like 100 years. So, um, uh, born in New Westminster and my, my best friend growing up and then I had... And I was, cause I was such a huge loser. I was yeah. such a huge loser. My best friend was like an 80 year old woman who lived down the street who I called Auntie Betty. And she was my best friend. I hung out at her house all the time. She nice. taught me how to play cribbage. We would go to the senior center. Um, and yeah, we would just hang out. We used to take um, calendars of kittens and puppies and make them into scrapbooks of just kittens and puppies. She taught me how to make crepes and yeah. It's very wholesome. It was very wholesome. She was my best friend. She's dead, I presume. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up. She is dead. Um, so then, when my when I was like um, eleven, my family moved to um, Crescent Beach, this little beach community, um, and that's where most of my friends, who I'm friends with now, I met there. So it was like a half an hour drive away. Yeah. And then, because I wasn't down the street for anymore, we sort of like we didn't see each other as much. She passed away a few years later. Oh. It's very sad. That's, and I have very fond memories you of her. Hold the mic a bit further up because you're fiddling with the cable a little bit. As in? Yeah, just don't touch the metal bit. Yeah, that's perfect. This bit? Yeah, oh, I perfect. see what you mean, yeah. Let me hold it like this. He like, Yeah, yeah, he likes to get a good low grip on it. <laughs> let me, let me, let me do a reverse, you know? Yeah, you should do that. Be a real gangster. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> or hold it like a, like a rapper would, like that, yeah. you know? Um, I don't think rappers put their pink yet, but yeah. Do you know what? I'm gonna, this, is, this is still, I don't know to be too comedy related. My least favorite thing in comedy is fucking people whose only physical gesture with their body when they do stand-up is this and this. Uh, one finger up the one finger down that's the, that's 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 how engaged they get in the performance they put, oh yeah mic technique is always it is very interesting to me whether you take it out or put it like leave it in the yeah, people hold it too like, low holding it too low i don't i people shake it there's so many people i know who just shake it really bothers me when people hold the mic like down here yeah. who was i just gigging with and they were holding the mic like way down and i was like bro Mark Cram does that yeah there's some people who do that and you're just like it's just i maybe you're trying to be but it you're losing the audience. Some of the audience are going, what are you trying to hear? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, is this okay? Yeah. I'm holding it. Um, uh, don't, don't fucking talk to me like that again. <laughs> you're in my house. Dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you're on my podcast. <laughs> which doesn't, which has no power. What a lame sentence to say. It's like, do you know who owns this podcast? Do um, you know who I am? No, no, no. Uh, thank you, Lucas. I appreciate right. that. Um, so this one I've always found interesting because we've had another guest on who had like an older friend. Yeah. Uh, while they were young. Yeah. What, how do you think that interact, like change how you interact with kids and stuff? Because you're interacting with an adult as one of the first people you properly interact with. Yeah, I mean, I had like a few friends in school, but I was just like a chubby loser. Like most people just didn't fucking like me. Yeah. And I had a few friends, but most of them were like in school friends. Like, or like, I remember going to like, I would go to like a couple sleepovers and birthday parties and stuff. But like, when I think back to like who I was closest with, it was, yeah, my Auntie Betty, this older woman who lived down the street. And I think also because, so when I was, um, quite young, my grandma, both my parents worked, my grandma moved in to raise us yeah. and like basically like take us to school, do all the things. And like, she was there while b both my parents worked two jobs. My dad worked like graveyard shifts and stuff. 
So she was the one who was always there. And so just being around older people felt always like very comfortable for yeah. me. Um, and I remember going over to like pair or like my, or like friends' houses, and I'd end up in like a conversation with them and the, their parents in the kitchen for like two hours. And yeah. my friends were like, "Do you want to come play?" I'm like, "I'm actually having a really good talk about the economy with your dad." <laughs> like I was just such a fucking loser. No, I've I've I've, I've had that before where I've like sometimes sometimes you just prefer talking to the adults than you do. I the know kids we're so weird though. That's yeah. a weird thing to like. Well, I think it shows maybe a sense of maturity or wanting to belong to a different world. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but I was just like. Yeah, so then I moved to Crescent Beach, and then that's where most of my friends, so that was when I was like 11. Um, but yeah, one of my first memories of my friend there, my friend Jackie, who I was like, you know, bridesmaid at her wedding, she just got married, um, and we'd known each other forever. The first, one of the first memories I have was her birthday was right after school started, and I was brand new at the school, and her family owned the corner store down the street from my house. And my grandma sent me over there to go get us some butter. And I walked in on every girl in our entire class at her birthday party. And I was the only one not invited. And I walked into like silence while they all stared at me. And I was just like, okay, so I'm not okay. I slowly in silence went and got butter, paid for it and walked out in silence to every girl in my class celebrating the birthday. That was crushing. Awful. Did you cry? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She still makes fun of me to this day. We're now friends, but like fuck. Yeah. That's it's hard, man. That's that's you know, I think sometimes like little things that happen to kids and that like just fucking Yeah. You. It and it's what becomes one of those core memories, yeah. right? It's so fucked up. And then we, we even joked about it, but like we obviously joke about it, but like we uh and it wasn't even that I was new and she didn't really know me because there was another girl who's brand new who started on the same day as me and she was invited to the birthday party. Oh, man. She just generally thought I was did a you, fucking loser. Did you recognize that as a kid that you were like, this girl's also new? And she yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Everyone hates me. I'm a fucking loser. Great. Awesome. Oh, Love fuck. this. I'm so sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. And then my friend, so she was really close with my friend Mareda. And Mareda, like maybe a week into school or something or a few weeks in afterwards, she invited me to have lunch with Jackie and her. Mm. And then Jackie was just like, okay, fine. You can be friends with us now. So then I just kind of became friends. And because Mareda was a bit of an outcast as well. And Mareda was like, or she had gone through a period of being an outcast. And I then was see. like, I'm not going to let somebody be an outcast. That's really good of her. So she like kind of pulled. Are you still friends Mareda. with Mareda? Yeah, yeah. Mareda and I are super tight. Nice. Yeah. Do you sometimes find that your relationship with Mareda is better because she was nice to you as a kid? <laughs> no, my relationship is very good with both of them now. So like... Mareda, Jackie, Rachel, and I, the four of us, we've been, we're still really, really What a crew. Friends. What a crew. Kate, Rachel, <laughs> Jackie, Mareda. and Mareda. Yeah. Wow. There is brunch to be had with that crew. There is brunch <laughs> to be had. We actually, Mareda's mom owned a soap company, and the four of us worked there making $5 an hour, packaging up the soap for her mom in the garage. After school, we'd go home and we'd like work together and it was just like a little bit of money to keep us going and stuff throughout school. How's the soap company doing now? Uh, yeah, it's not in business. I don't think we were great for, <laughs> I don't think we were great for the company, but it was great. It was West Coast Soaps. It actually did really well for West a long Coast time. Soaps. West Coast Soaps. And they were all like different flavors and stuff, but we were working around like toxic chemicals and stuff to make them and I don't think there was any. Yeah, it doesn't sound good for you. No. Um, so basically you had kind of one friendship group basically since the age of 11. Yeah, and like, and then parameter friends of that and my friends like Bree and Becky and those girls like that and Barb and like those crew of girls. It's all girls. Do you know if Most, you... Pano as well. So Pano is like one of my besties. Um, and yeah, he was in that crew as well. Interesting, interesting, interesting. But he's so, a gay man. It was like girls and gays. Girls and gays. Yeah. But in huh. high school, he was just particular. <laughs> and there was no one that was his type. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. It. Yeah, there's uh, there's uh, uh, a comedian. Uh, do you know Greg Duraldo? I presume you do. No. Oh man, he's this great. Is he here? No, like... no, he's dead. He's, he's oh, an okay. American comic, but he does a bit about how he finds he finds like gay guys who won't admit that they're gay super annoying. Yeah. And so he was talking about he had this friend of his who never wants to admit when he's that he's gay. Yeah. And so he'll sit there and be just like, wow, that Jessica Alba is a real piece of ass, isn't she? And he's like, Jesus Christ, dude, yeah. you don't have to pretend. Like, I, like I have oh. a, I have somebody in my life who's still a bit like that. And yeah. like, I think just because of his upbringing and stuff, he'll be like, yeah, I have this girlfriend, but she's like in a different city. Yeah. But her like titty, like her tit, like they're so like they're nice tits. And I'm like, Ugh, like no guy actually talks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, okay, you do you i love you i support you um but that but that's cool i'm glad that you so you were you joined and you said you were like re, re, like 
not popular when you joined the school. Yeah, so it wasn't popular. But but then then I had this little group of friends. And yeah, it was still like a loser. But we were sort of like a weird group of like a mishmash of like, we weren't the losers, but we weren't the cool kids. We were just sort of there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we would be included in things, other times not. I was never popular, mm. but I was never like an outcast, I'd say, after that. That's interesting. That's so it was cool. like, we were sort of floating in this like middle ground and I, and I just like, I played basketball and volleyball and rugby and stuff, so I was kind of in, but definitely like, I, I like remember being in basketball and then like we'd have to i remember on our basketball team in grade eight there were 15 of us yeah. and so they we'd always have to pair up there'd always be one person left out and i was always the one person Aww. left out so i was always the person who would be like well, well and they'd have be like well someone take caden do a three and like it doesn't work with three <laughs> and then i'd be like well, hey guys like hey what's up so i had that and i have had you know what's crazy is i've had girls who were on my basketball team in grade eight or like girls who kind of bullied me a bit in high school and bullied me a bit. They call me a fat loser. Um, <laughs> so they bullied me a bit. And they reach out to me now and be like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of your success. I always knew you were going to do something. I could totally see this. Like, let me know when you're in town. Like, we'd love for you to, like, give me some tickets to your show and come support oh you. Oh, my God. Fuck these bitches. <laughs> and they, like, act like we were friends. I'm like, you called me, like, a fat whore for five years. But it's so funny. And now oh. they're just, like, divorced single mothers. Oh, man. <laughs> do you sometimes think, though, because there is this idea that, like, negative stuff happening to you as a kid does give you a bit of drive and ambition of course so do you can you kind of do you know what i heard are you grateful for these women <laughs> okay i don't know if i'm grateful but i heard the other day obviously through tiktok because that's where i get all my information from yeah. i heard that all ambition is just your trauma all ambition is just trauma hmm. i don't know if i 100 percent agree with that the, like the drive to be like successful or to do what it's just like you're proving something to other people yeah people I've, who are truly healthy don't feel like they have anything to prove or like they have any huge drive so i was them. i was thinking about that today because i was actually i was listening to um do you know hercules the the the, the, like disney the fictional character <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disney musical yeah are you aware of <laughs> princess jasmine ever heard of her yeah <laughs> speaking of trauma <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So Hercules, I was listening to the Hercules soundtrack and I was listening to the um, the Go the Distance song. With your teddy bear. No, with my teddy bear. I was listening to it on the bus like an adult. <laughs> are, are we all right with the camera? Is that all good? Yeah, it's fine. Um, and so I was listening to it and it, the song Go the Distance. I don't know this. Anyway, so it's a, it's a great little song. It's about how he's going to, he's like, he's finally, he says, I don't care somehow, I will go the distance. Yeah. I will find my way. Basically, you know, just kind of classic thing. And he's basically saying that he's got, he wants to go somewhere where he's cheered on. He's, he's like, he's loved and he's respected and everyone agrees with him and then what's interesting though is the last line of it he says um i i need to go basically where i belong and that's what's interesting because it's like he wants to reach success and he mm. wants to be loved but he thinks that's where he belongs like so there's a it's an interesting dynamic of, of or is it just he thinks and hopes he would belong there yeah yeah so he basically i think in the song he's basically saying that because only, he felt only, like an outcast only by achieving these great things will he actually get a sense of belonging yeah because it's trauma yeah so so it is so I'm right so I yeah <laughs> but I listened to that and I uh, and I I, I could have said because when I was a kid I loved that song as well yeah it's sort of maybe it's sort of a warning to, to do that and I think about sometimes like yeah the uh, ambition does come from like uh I don't know because, yeah, I guess I had no end to that sentence. <laughs> but don't you think there's like, I mean, all comics get on stage for because we're all like a bit fucked up and we need other people to validate us. Mm. But I think there's a difference between sometimes people doing stand up and being ambitious. Right. No, of course, of course. But I'm not talking about like people who are just doing it as like a bucket listy kind of thing. But yeah. even people who are trying to really go at stand up and really prove it, yeah. like I, definitely for me, it comes from like, I think most people who are really great stand ups are fucked up and... Yeah, I think sometimes, like, almost, I was thinking about this the other day, almost every bit I've ever written has come from a place of, like, anger or annoyance yeah. or um, upsetness or trying to make sense of something that I don't understand. Happy people aren't funny. Yeah. Happy, content people just aren't, like, could you imagine going up there and just being like, yeah, just things are really great. You ever notice how, like, the sky is just really blue on a sunny day and yeah. you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. People yeah. don't want to hear that. Yeah, I understand that. That's true. Um, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. I got, I got, I got nothing to add. So I just think, I think there is something to that. So when I just heard that, like, ambition is from trauma, I was like, oh fuck, yeah. And I was talking to another comic, and I remember there was like for a brief period, I was in a very good mood all the time, <laughs> and I was in this like, and they they were like, the last couple of times I've seen you, you just seem really happy and content, and really in a good mood, and I was like, yeah, I am. 
And then, which is, it's gone now. Um, <laughs> thank God. And thank God that left me. But they were like, I honestly think if I was genuinely happy, I think I'd quit comedy. What's the point? I, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's fucked. And that's I, I dark. Think, I think I can't do comedy when I'm happy, but I find it easier to do it when I'm calm. Yeah, I think calm and happy are two different things. Yeah. Maybe you've just settled into your life. It's like Oscar the Grouch feels calm in his trash can. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's I don't know if incredible. He's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's like, such a great observation. Like, I don't know if he's, I, it's not like he's like thriving, but he goes, this is my place. <laughs> I love my trash can. I feel good here because I know it. These little walls make me feel safe. <laughs> that's a brilliant observation. <laughs> I, I just think that's maybe the truth. Have you thought of that before? Just no, I just thought about that. That out right now. That's amazing. Is I that love good? That. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, that's that's great. That's some that's some that's some top level stuff. I'm gonna quote that to other people. Okay, good. But pass it on as my own idea. No, man. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Also, <laughs> the Grouch feels comfortable in his trash can. He yeah. does. That's why he doesn't leave. No. Maybe that's what making him so grumpy. You know. But he's not happy. But he's not. But he's comfortable. Comfort yeah. is like the enemy of greatness. Another great quote. Look at me. Wow. Who knew? They call, should call you Great Baron. <laughs> Good one. Is that why you're a comedian? Yeah. Question mark? Question mark. Instead of Kate Baron. Anyway. Uh, so, um, <laughs> just to explain. You. Just to explain. I love you. Um, so, you, uh, did you go to university? I went to five different colleges. Nice. Or no, sorry. I went to three colleges over five years and did not get a degree in anything. I'm really proud of myself. Nice. But nice. I got a huge debt from it, so it was great. Nice. Yeah. What are you going to do with all that debt? Uh, just ride it out till I die and hope Ooh. I pass it on. Ride it out, baby. <laughs> generational debt. Ride that generational debt out. So you, uh, was that like a very unstable time because you were going through all these colleges? I was just, yeah, I didn't know. I graduated school and all I like, basically my parents didn't go to any university or anything and it wasn't ever really talked about as like, a, oh, this is what we do after, after yeah. school. And my brother went for a bit and then he dropped out and we didn't have any money to pay for it. So it was just all of us like getting into all of this debt. And then I started going and I was like, oh, maybe I'll study some like art history for a couple of years. And then I was like, maybe I'll go to a different school. And I studied criminology for a couple of years. And then I went and studied philosophy for like yeah. a year. And I was like, but I was just bouncing around because what I really wanted to do, I really wanted to be like actor, comedian, writer. I wanted to be on the radio. I applied for this broadcast journalism program yeah. and I got rejected. And I was like, well, and all my friends at the end of high school, they were all like, oh my God, I got into this school and I got all these scholarships. I'm like, wait, we were supposed to start all that? And they're like, we started like eight months ago applying and doing oh, yeah. all that. And I was like, fuck. So it was literally like a month before graduation when I went, I don't, what the fuck? You guys yeah. are already in all these schools. I didn't know this. My family just, we didn't, like yeah, they didn't yeah, talk yeah. about it because they didn't know. And so I was like, fuck. So I just like found like some fucking shitty community college yeah. and I got in and I was like, I'm going here. And I was like, oh, that's great. Is that what you plan to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I went there and I had no idea. And so I would just like not go to school. I'd skip class. I would drop out. I would just like, I would literally pay for a class, go to a few, but like, and I just had like, I just was such, it was just a perfect example as to why, unless you really know what you want to do, that yeah. university is a huge waste of money. Yeah. Like you can't just go and fuck around aimlessly. It's just like a massive waste of money. Yeah. And for me, I just was like, all I wanted to do was like be an actor, comedian, whatever. But I'm like, no one wants to see me do that. I can't do that. I can't, I can't be that. Oh man. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't at, at all. I just thought like you had to be famous to be a comic. I thought there was no way that somebody would want to hear some like fat loser go up and like tell jokes and do all this stuff. I didn't know that there was a path to doing it. And so I was just like, well, I'll just fucking try to figure this out and get a job and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Wow. That sounds... It was a very weird time. And all my friends at that time went off and they were very driven and very focused on what they wanted to do. Like yeah. I had a friend who's like, I'm going into pre-med. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go to med school. I'm going to become a doctor. This is what I'm going to do. And she did it all. And she's a physician now. I'm like, my other friends are like, these are the universities I'm going to. This is where I'm traveling to. I'm taking two years off. I'm doing that. I'm like, when did you guys plan all this? Like, we just never talked about that. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I sort of felt when I was a kid sometimes, like I had cluelessness to me as well. Yeah. I, don't you, I don't know if you to say that. Obviously my mom was different because I was, and I was fortunate in that my mother had gone to university. I had siblings who were all gone. Mm. And so she knew the patterns and stuff. So it yeah. was like, I like I was being pushed along a path. Right. But I definitely felt as a kid, like everyone else knew what was going on. And I was yeah. just a bit like, what the hell? Like I knew I wanted to do stand up as well. Yeah. But I certainly, you know, it, it, it sort of relates in some ways to, to your situation, but definitely felt clueless. I, and totally like, clueless. And like, I think I didn't like come into consciousness until I was like 19, 20, when yeah. I was already at university and I realized, oh, well, like I can think and I can remember things and I can actually do stuff about it. But yeah, that sounds, 
that's some stuff. Did you find it? Did you find yourself lonely at this part then a little bit? Yeah, I've always felt lonely. Mm, I've always felt like. I was like very like, for, there was a brief time when I was like very gothy emo in high school, <laughs> dyed my hair black, nice. wore mod robes, went to raves, like yeah. was just like, you don't know me, you will never understand my feelings. Yeah. And like, I'm so complex yeah. and I read quotes and like, I was just such a fucking loser. Yeah. But yeah, I just felt like always like no one really got it. Yeah. I don't, and I think like people, like, I don't know if you've ever heard people talk about like masking before like I honestly think part of it is because I had I I have undiagnosed ADHD as well I think yeah. that was a huge problem of it as well and I was telling somebody I was talking to somebody at the club last night and I was saying something I'm like oh yeah I just do this and they were like you know that's like a major symptom of ADHD I'm like yeah I'm just kind of raw dogging out here <laughs> yeah. I know I have it everyone who has it has told me that I'm like very clinically clear yeah. that I have it and I think that's why I struggled a lot with that as well and struggled like having like a focus and everything and just not feeling really like mm. everyone else so I think I sort of masked I think it was not until Really recently, there's not a lot of people that I'm like totally open with of like, this is really who I am. Just yeah. like, you know, interesting. here's all the bad bits. Um, yeah. Because I think I'm very good at, this makes me sound like a psychopath, but I'm very good at mirroring people yeah. and like matching their energy and matching their vibe. Yeah. And so people can leave an interaction with me and be like, oh, that was great. We like totally got along. And I was like, I hated every minute of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like, I know they had a good time because I know how to make somebody have a good time. That's why I was always like really good on dates and stuff too. Yeah. So I can be like, well... Yeah. Is that what's happening here? You're going to leave this interaction and go, fuck that No, podcast. I actually do love you. Oh, thank I you. Do. Thank you. I do. I love um, you. As, even though you keep checking your watch. I'm only checking my watch because I don't I don't want it to, to overrun. And also, there's a specific thing no, I, want, I, know, I, know. I wanted to talk about yeah. as well. And I don't know, um, just because I saw your show. Yes. Um, losing losing myself. Yeah. Which was it was a great show. Um, do you want to give a brief summary? Of yeah, that, no, go for okay? it. So for anyone listening, Lucas, had you seen it? You no, I seen oh it, man, are you doing it ever again? Or you filmed it, didn't you? I filmed it, so I'm not doing it live no, ever again. I, I'd recommend oh. it highly. It's it's inc- oh, it's incredibly it's incredibly funny and then just incredibly moving. Just uh, especially towards the back end of it, but not in a way that felt superficial, which I really enjoyed about it. Like I, I genuinely, and I had other people go see, and I recommended a lot of people to come and see it because I, I, th- I thought it was um, really something unique and interesting. So you, it's a lot of a lot of it's about your uh, weight loss journey. Is yeah. that the way to phrase? I don't yeah. if I use any insensitive no, yeah, language. Yeah. Let me know. Um, but there's a particular part you talk about how you go to Turkey, was it? Yeah. To get a surgery, and you didn't tell anybody no. that you were doing that surgery. And um, you talk about sending a letter to yourself. There's like this website where you can send yeah. a letter to yourself and stuff. And um, it's you end up at the end of the show. Do you mind if I give this no, away? No, that's fine. At the end of the show, basically, you kind of thought, Kate kind of thought she was going to die, basically, potentially yeah. in this surgery, trying to lose this weight. And the loneliness that you felt from being overweight and just how rude people were. You tell these stories and it's like so, so heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, and you're in this hospital in Turkey where you don't understand what anyone's saying and you decided that moment to write a letter to yourself something along the lines of basically talking about how like how did you let yourself get to this yeah. state you fucking lose and just like so yeah. negative towards yourself and then at the end you play an audio recording yeah. of that letter um, and like everyone's already fucking crying at that point and then you just basically just take the soldering iron and just fucking <laughs> dig it into the wound but what I found really interesting about that is that you had told nobody about it yeah and you talked about the loneliness of that feeling. Why did you decide to not tell anybody? And how did that feel? Did you feel like without friends and family? How was that feeling for you, I guess? This is something I wanted to know a little bit more about. Yeah, I mean, that one, if I think if I told people, I thought people would try to talk me out of it. Because mm-hmm. I went during the pandemic and it was dangerous. Yeah. And it wasn't smart to do. And it's already a dangerous surgery and there are people who die. Yeah. And like, there's like literally just a BBC documentary about how people go over there and die during surgeries and stuff and going, going over during already pandemic. And already I was so overweight that I was very high risk for COVID. And most people who are that overweight who would get COVID would end up in the ICU or dead. So I was on four different blood pressure pills. I was overweight, high risk for COVID. I was a high risk person. I was getting letters in the mail from the NHS being like, do not leave your house. You were too high risk. And I was like, yeah, let me get on a plane and go to, turkey and and i just thought that like my family and most of my friends don't live over here i'm quite like physically isolated and what are they going to try to do they're either going to talk me out of it they're going to have some sort of guilt this is too much to put on other people my sister was a week away from giving birth to my niece when i went into the hospital and so i just couldn't tell any of them because like they my family just needed to be there for her and the baby and it just wasn't fair and my family's all bigger and weight has been a big issue in my whole family, my whole life. And it's, that it brings up a lot of other feelings just with yeah. everyone. 
And my friends, like I talked about masking and my friends, especially those who came to see my show, like they had a really hard time with it because they had no idea how bad I was struggling. I hid it from everyone my whole life, how hard it was and how bad I was struggling because I, I was always trying to be like this happy go lucky, whatever person, but it's, it's really hard to exist as a fat person in this world. And I think that when you are like, I kind of make a joke in the show how you have to, you know, be the funny fat friend because you can't be fat with a bad personality because you can't have two negatives. It is, it's like you can't be ugly and a fucking bitch. Like you just can't. You can't be, you gotta be something positive in people's life. If you're not good to look at, then you gotta be a fucking positive influence on somebody's life. So I was like, I can't be that that person. So I just didn't want to be that burden. And I just thought, I'm sort of slowly killing myself. I have to just, I was so lonely and I was over here and I'm like, I moved all the way over here to do comedy. So I can't do that anymore. I don't have any like real good deep friends over here. Everyone is there. What what am I even doing? And I just thought if this is going to happen, then I need to just quietly go out on my own. Do you um just because do when do you have to leave to get to Vauxhall? By the way, you start. Oh, no, 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 no. We got. I don't have to be there till like three. I don't oh, okay, so. okay. Um, also, I have stuff to do. But I guess um the question I wanted to always is: Do you regret not telling anybody? No, no. It was really hard and. A lot. So my friends who saw it saw the show live. In Edinburgh. my sister still hasn't seen it. My parents still haven't seen it. My brother and his husband came with a bunch of my friends to surprise me and support me in Edinburgh, which was amazing. Like ten of my friends from all around the world, like from literally from Dubai, Halifax, yeah, New York, yeah. they all flew in to see it, and they were like destroyed after it. And they were just like, we had no fucking clue that that they didn't know what exactly my show was about. They knew it was about weight loss. But they didn't know. The extreme. They didn't know what I was going through. My brother had never heard. They found out after. So I told my fam. I told people after, and I told my family when I I went to Vancouver for Christmas. Quarantine. Stayed there for like seven weeks. So after I was out of quarantine, it was already like a month and a half after the surgery or two months after the surgery. I was like, look, I'm here. I'm physically in front of you. I'm safe. I'm okay. Everything's all good. But my family was very upset, obviously, like very upset and emotional about the whole thing. And like, and then hearing how I spoke about it, my brother and his, like they were, they were in bits afterwards just because they were like, it was a very, it was very difficult to hear. And I think it's going to be really hard for my parents to listen to it. And it was going to be really difficult for them to watch. Um, But I just think like, it's just one of those things that like, it's, it's just a, it's a very tough existence for a fat person. And I was always the only fat person in my friend group. Yeah. I was like, I had so much self hate that I like hated other fat people and I didn't want to be friends with them. I'd never date fat men. Cause I like, I don't want to be that fat couple that people make fun of walking down the street. And it's just all these fucked up emotions that go with it. And yeah, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was just a weird thing, but not bringing people into it. I felt like I needed to do it alone. It was really weird. Like I felt like, it was the hardest, worst thing I've ever gone through, but I honestly felt like I needed... It was like my rock bottom. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to do it on my own. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was. It's an emotional ride. And in my show, people are were very emotional after every show and yeah. lots of tears after the shows and people hugging me and audience members coming up to me and stuff and dumping their own trauma and their own stuff on me and everything. But like, it's... I just think... I don't know anyone that hasn't struggled with their body. Yeah. No matter what you look like, no matter who you are, even like the big gym bros, like there's a reason they only eat chicken and rice and they're in the gym seven days a week. You know what I mean? Like, Lucas and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like they have their own eating disorders and, you know, body shit going on. And I just think this whole narrative that's been like spun lately of body positivity, like you have to love yourself no matter what, is just not realistic. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't. And I think there's like beautiful, healthy, fat, happy people. And I say that in my show, but I just, I wasn't one of them. For me, my body was a real source of shame and embarrassment and trauma. And it was just me wearing my mental health on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Some of my friends all had to learn about it through that. And some of them are still learning about it. But the overwhelming thing that I heard was that we had no idea Yeah. because I just hid it from everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. That sounds tough. Good now. Therapy. 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 It all helps. Did you think when you were in the hospital in Turkey... If it all goes well, one day you could be on Philip Kostelecki's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. I hope. I honestly never thought it was going to go well. I thought it would not go well for me. I thought for sure I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. Did you kind of hope you were going to die? I thought 
I hoped that if the surgery didn't work and I remained big or got kept getting bigger, I would have just rather died. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I, it's really hard to explain that you like, I wasn't suicidal, but I just couldn't live that way anymore. No, I understand that feeling. Yeah. And um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I was like, it has to, I just have to force the hand. And I, it really did feel like I was playing like Russian roulette, but I had to force it. Like I had to be like, it's uh, we're going all in one way or the other. And, and I'm really fortunate that it worked. And some people don't have as fortunate outcomes. And I'm like, when people make comments about other people or their bodies or fat shame them or like you see people at the gym who are overweight and they're trying to work out and people film them and they're making fun of them. I'm like, you can't sit there and call somebody fat and say they're gross and then make fun of them when they're trying to better themselves. Yeah. You were literally, you're going, well, we care about their health. Like you do not care about their mental health. You're driving people to want to kill themselves. Yeah. Like I was driven to that point where I like was just going, I would rather die than sit there. And like, I've been in grocery stores and here, like when I moved here and have people been like, look at you, look at what you're putting in your basket. You're such a fat piece of shit. You yeah. That? People all, always, Fuck always no. strangers commenting. Like when I think of trips I've gone on and stuff, like traveling as a big person is very anxiety inducing. Like, will you fit the plane ride, the seatbelt extenders, the everything? And like when I think of like Rome, this beautiful place that I went to, all I remember is this Italian guy going, you're fucking fat. Look at you. Like this Italian guy screaming about how fat I was on the street. Jesus just walking by me at night, just wanting me to know he knew I was a fat piece <laughs> of shit. And I'm like, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Giuseppe. Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> ciao. Thanks Luigi. Like, Fucking hell, man. That yeah. sounds rough. Yeah, man. It's it's a fucking tough existence. And I think that's when people are like, oh, we're trying to help. Yeah, like you're not like, you know, yeah. it's just so much deeper than that. So now I feel really passionately about it. And I speak about it now with a lot more conviction than I ever did, yeah. ever did before. Because I believed what other people were saying before. Like anytime somebody be like, you're a fat piece of shit. I'd be like, yeah, I am. I deserve that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm disgusting. Mm -hmm. But now it's just, it really like, it infuriates me when I see that kind of shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. this is about friendship, not about my therapy and fatness. Um, it could be about whatever you want. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I think we might uh, shift over to the friend in need section. That's cool. Let's do it. Um, so uh, I... Um, what was I saying? So we have a, a section of the podcast called A Friend in Need yeah. where listeners can get involved and they can submit. Oh, yeah. I like this. Uh, I don't actually know if anybody submitted this week. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, no, we haven't got any new responses this week. So I thought, is there any problems you're having, Kate, that we can help you out with? <laughs> um, well, I think... The, here, let me ask you something with friends. See, what I get, if I get in a weird mood or not a weird mood or like in a bit of like a... If I'm going through something, yeah. I pull back from friends. Yeah. I pull back. I don't answer texts. I don't hang out with them. And like lots of time can go by. Yeah. And, and then you just end up being a bad friend and you go, now too much time has gone by where you just like can't yeah. reach out. And that's, I think, I just, I feel like when I've been going through this and other stuff and struggling, that's my big issue when it comes to friendships is like, I have a hard time. I work really hard to maintain the friendships I have and be there for people. But sometimes my own shit, I just get too in my own head and I like shut down yeah. so I can go like months without talking to somebody, but it's not cause I don't want to, or cause I don't care about them or cause yeah, I yeah. stop, you know, wanting to be their friend. It's more like my own shit. And I feel like if I go see them or go hang out with them, I'll just dump all over them and it's just not fair to them. Yeah. So I'd rather just like hide it all in. So what's your question? No, I don't really have a question. What do you get like when you're dealing with stuff? Do you like turn to your friends? Yeah, hundred percent. You turn to your friends recently. Yeah, I've noticed a lot more. I've been turning to my friends. I've started talking to my mother a lot more about my problems as well. Oh wow! And that's helped a lot. Yeah. I'll, uh, so anybody listening, we usually have a section of the podcast called "A Friend in Need." Yeah. Where listeners can submit any problems they have, big or small, anonymously, yeah. and we answer them. Nobody submitted this week, so I guess we could talk about our problems and stuff like that. Lucas, if you got anything you're challenged with as well, we Do you can. Have any uh, friendship problems? Great. Life is great. Life is great for Lucas. Yeah. So your mom has become a confidant and friend to you. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I had like a bit of a weird. Um, let me. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I had a weird thing happen. Well, basically, I was talking about this last week on the podcast, and Lucas is aware of it. I was dating this girl for like three months, and we only went on four dates across the three months because we were quite like. Um, yeah. Uh, quite like I had like busy schedules, but I quite liked her. I really liked her actually. I thought she was really interesting, really smart, really funny, and also had that kind of that special quality that I think I I'm looking for. And. Um, then we went on like we went on a date, movie date, which was fun. And then we like we went like she saw me at a gig, and then she came out for like a, a jazz night afterwards as well, like That's to go fun. watch. Yeah, it was a really really fun date. We got along really well. Went home together. Everything was fine. And then yeah. the morning she was just very cold, and like distant. And was, I was it because of the teddy? 
no, 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 we went to hers. Um, and I sort of thought, okay, I feel like this is a bit, bit, bit weird, but maybe she's just yeah. being a bit awkward. And then as I left, uh, I was like, oh, so if you want to hang out again, let me know. And she just didn't really say anything. So I was Were like, you a selfish lover? No, I, I actually don't think you I... You don't strike me as a selfish lover. I don't think... I think it was... I think she just... Well, a few days later, anyway, she texted me and she was just like, look, I'm just not feeling it romantically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was like a hard hit to take. Yeah. Um, and so for like a week and a half, I was really upset about it. And then on Monday, I basically... It was just like that and a lot of like life stresses and stuff all came together. And I just called... I like texted my mother and I said, can I, can we have a call, please? Because I really don't know what to do. And um, so she, she picked it up right away. And um, because I only have my mother, that's all. That's all I've got as far as as, far as parents go. And I just expressed everything I was going through, and she was just very sympathetic. And she said, "Like, look, you know, it's probably nothing you did. Like yeah. this girl, she was just shopping around, and she just wasn't interested in you." And I was like, hmm. "She's like, I know that's tough to hear, Philip, but you know, it's better that it ended early and stuff like this." And yeah. she just was like very honest about it. And uh, so that was like. To talk about like it's weird like your parents can become your friends and stuff like this and she yeah. just gave really solid advice like, i don't know what that's like but <laughs> yeah i hear it's cool like, but it's not bad um so that was uh it was a weird thing and like since that moment like it just like i just accepted like i still miss this girl i was still upset about it but it just like you know you just realize they weren't into you i think the thing with those kind of like interactions is it's less about you because you just have no idea what other people are going through, right? Yeah. She could have been in a situation with somebody for a really long time yeah. and that was flaring back up or she could have her own feelings or something going on or, or, she, just wasn't or she just wasn't interested. Like, there, But there's like a million different things. So I think you just have to like, if somebody tells you that, you just go, okay, cool. Because your person is going to fucking die for you. Your person is going to be yeah, so yeah. into you, yeah, want yeah, you. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm in a relationship and up until he's the first person I've ever been with. And I was like, Oh, I, Oh, this is what it's like when it just is the person. And I've never been like that for anyone else. I've always sort of had one eye looking off and like just always been a little bit out of it. Even in my long relationship that I was in, I was in a relationship for four and a half years. We lived together. We had like, we were talking about getting married, everything. And I was literally like, Oh, well, even if we just get divorced one day, it'll be fine. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, that's mental to think about. Yeah. And it's not until like you, when you meet the person, you are going to be so all in on each other. And that's what you want. You want someone who's obsessed with you, who yeah, can't yeah, get yeah. enough of you. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I think if somebody just goes like, eh, I'm not feeling it. You got to be like, good. Okay. Well, because the person who is, I got to make room for them. Yeah. That's how, that's how I felt. There's almost the only way to get through it. I sort of took like an, like an ego stance almost. Where yeah. I just went like, it is always about the ego. I almost just, I sort of took the mindset of like, what a shame for you to miss, yeah. out, to miss out on me. And, Honestly. And to, 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 I feel this. like you'd be a very good boyfriend. Oh, I'm a great boyfriend. I think you, you are, you are like made to be a boyfriend. You are boyfriend material. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. also I was, I, cause I've been writing a bit about it recently, but like, I like, I think one of the big issues that I felt insecure about was that she very much had her life together and I didn't. But I, uh, Lucas saw me do the, the bit the other day. Basically, I think it's way more fun to date someone like me who's getting their life together rather than someone mm. who has their life together because, like, it's the excitement, it's the experience. Like, I basically, I don't have it all together right now, but I know yeah. I will one day. Yeah. So essentially, I kind of just offer the potential of me. Right. Really. Like, I'm looking for an investor, not a girlfriend or something like yeah, that. So this yeah, is kind yeah. of a joke. But one of the lines I say, and I sort of, it kind of came from this, again, talking about where the bits come from anger. Yeah. It came from the anger of me not having my life together and her not being okay with me not having my life together. Yeah. At least my feeling of she it. older than you? She was older than me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's also a thing. That's a big thing with men, and I do feel like this is true. Yeah. Like, if she's somebody who, like, wants to settle down or something yeah. or, like, wants to, like, have that... I think men, until they have their shit in order, they will never be willing to fully commit to somebody until their shit's in order because they'll go, I can't offer you and be like that man. Oh, no, I'm I'm happy happy to commit to somebody, but if they're able to accept that it's not going to be in place right away. Yeah, and they want to grow and work with you and everything like that. But I love that you felt like you could talk to your mom and you had that conversation. I think that's amazing. Are you an only child? No, I'm the youngest of four. You're the youngest of four. Do you have that relationship with your other siblings? Uh, I sort of do a little bit with my sister. And uh, I talk to my sister more about relationships than the other two, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But my mom has like been, I yeah, I sort of had this real thought as well. Was I used to be very, I used to be very jealous of my sister for having my mother, mm. because I sort of thought, why do you get to have the same sex parent and I didn't growing up? Yeah. And then I was sitting there and I just thought, well, I had my mother too. 
Like, yeah. you know, like she's like, what a stupid idea to be like so upset about not having a, a dad when I had the mom the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, you see other people who yeah, have like their mom yeah, and dad, yeah. like, yeah, that's a whole other, yeah, I guess. But fuck them. They don't make funny comics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they They're funny not people. funny. Um, I think we're going to end it here just because it's, uh, it's, um, it's getting to time. I yeah. Think. Um, is there anything you want to say? Any last messages? Just that you're lovely and I'm glad oh, we're friends. Thank you. I'm glad, very glad uh, for coming on the podcast. Anything you want to plug? Uh, my podcast. Yeah. Uh, my podcast that is called You've Changed, yeah. where I talk to people in the entertainment industry. So not just comics. I talk to people about who are like influencers, musicians, actors, comedians as well, and behind the scenes people about moments in their life that have changed them and altered their path. And then I have a second podcast called Text Me in the Morning, which is just about sex and dating with nice. Andrew Mensa. And yeah, just go follow me. Lisa's. Yeah, well, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks uh, for having me. No worries. Uh, yeah, what else is there to say? Uh, bye, I guess. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, we're done. Do you want to do the... Oh, the very good job, Lucas, that you uh, reminded me of this. I've got to do the outro. Do you want to stick around for the outro? It takes two seconds. Um, yeah. Where are we? Philip and friends. Oh, no. There is an advert that I wanted to do, a fake advert. Do you want to hear the title of it? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. It's an advert for a product called Rats in My Ass. <laughs> oh my God. Um, where is this? I can't remember. Um, oh yeah, sort of this is a... Hello everybody, that was Philip and Friends, a podcast. Philip and Friends was produced by Lucas Jeffcoat, courtesy of his house. Uh, our guest today was a very funny comedian, Kate Barron. Uh, if you want to get involved with the podcast, submit any questions you have in the forum below and subscribe and support us on Patreon. All right, done. Cool, we got it. Do you have people...